Hello to our early stage founders in Vietnam, our aspiring entrepreneurs, and those just curious about the entrepreneurship journey. This is not just another VC podcast. AVV Founders and Friends is here to share candid stories about the founders in the ecosystem, really demystifying and bringing light to their early stage journey, especially those first six to 12 months. I'm Adrian. And I'm Ho. And we're the hosts of the AVV Founders and Friends podcast. Hello, everyone. We are your hosts, Ho and Adrian, and welcome back to AVV Founders and Friends podcast season one. We're sitting down with successful founders in Vietnam and Southeast Asia to get a behind the scenes look on their first hires and early teams for their companies. And today is a little different as we will both be the host and the guest and we'll recap the past episodes in season one, share our thoughts and reflections and discuss what's next for AVV Founders and Friends. So today, all you get is Ho and myself, um, and we have a lot to discuss, a lot to think about, and a lot to reflect on. Absolutely. Yeah, Adrian, this has been in the making for us, I don't know, for the last couple of years, if you count from the time when we started talking about the idea of having a podcast, right? And then we recorded our first episode sometime in Q3 last year, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, um, I think this is a good opportunity for us to think back about our vision for the podcast and this particular pilot season, right? So what was that vision before we started? And now looking back, is that vision realized in your opinion? Yeah, so when we first started talking about a podcast, we had no idea what we were going to record. One of the things that... Um, always stood out was that we wanted to have a, a podcast and conversations that reflected the realities of uh, being a founder, uh, building a startup. Um, the realities that we see also from the VC side, right? But these are the realities that don't make it into the to the news articles about fundraising. They don't make mm -hmm. it um, into the conversations when a, a founder is pitching VCs. And so it's all, these are often things that, um, you know, don't get discussed a lot. So that was the first thing. And we wanted to be able to reach exist, you know, existing founders, current founders, soon to be founders who are really curious about the entrepreneurial journey, but um, emphasizing that, you know, month zero to month 12, because that's arguably the hardest part of the journey, right? Where no matter how much experience that you've had, um, whether you're coming from corporate or you're coming fresh out of school, there's just so much that you don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I remember back when we were brainstorming different ideas. Uh, and really for us, it was about being able to answer the questions uh, about who the first three hires uh, for any startup should be, uh, where to find them, and what do they look like, right? If they're good first hires, what, what does good look like? Um, but the first three hires were always only the starting point and all the conversations that we've had with our guests expanded quite a bit as we follow the evolution of all of these teams, right? They got to 10, 20, 50, up to a few hundred people, some all in one place and some are regionally or globally distributed. Um, so we went really deep as well into some of the topics that I believe were um, very common people pain points for startups. Uh, and why it was important for us to talk about the first few hires, uh, because again, we're catering to early stage startups, uh, people who are in 
you know, month zero to month 12 of their journey. Uh, I think it's also equally important to give early stage founders a sense of the bigger picture as well, right? Even in your first months or year of your business, it's never too early to be thoughtful about your people's strategy and your approach. And building a startup is not a sprint, it's a marathon. So you need to pace yourself and you need to think long-term and people's strategy is definitely not an exception. So I would say, you know, what we've been able to do, in my opinion, uh, is pretty in line with what we set out to achieve from the beginning. Yeah, and I I agree. And I, I actually wish there we could have more, right? More, <laughs> more yeah. episodes, more stories. Um, and there's, yeah. This is this is something we definitely like to continue. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm curious if you uh, heard any feedback from our listeners. Uh, what was some of the feedback uh, like, and how did you feel about it? Yeah, I think generally, um, you know, launching a podcast, and you know, there are people who congratulate and say, "Oh, you know, really like your podcast, and it's helpful." Um, one um, particular uh, piece of feedback and comment stands out. Um, you know, we work with Crazy Talks out of Singapore, right? And they are a, a kind of media company that helps um, in producing podcasts, right? And so we've been working with them and um, they're a startup too, right? And I've known Amit for, for years from our time at Uber. Um, great guy, uh, set out on this journey himself and kind of, you know, discovering all of these things about podcast production. He has his own podcast as well, as well as helping mm -hmm. produce for other companies. And, you know, he posted, I think, after um, our first or second episode that he's listening to these episodes and he's like, this is really helpful for me. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, I think it, it goes to say something when the people that are working on the podcast, um, find it really relevant for them and helpful for them. Um, so that mm. really stuck out. Um, there was another moment, um, I was at an event and um, I was, I, I don't remember their name, but I was speaking to someone and I, I mentioned the podcast and they actually had listened to it and they said that it made them think about um, how they were hiring their own team because they didn't have a mm. team yet. Right. And mm -hmm. so I think there were some assumptions on, hey, I'm just going to, you know, interview a bunch of people and whoever's going to come in. Um, yeah, that's going to work. It's based skills based. And I think it forced this reflection on um, what are the what are the real qualities that they want someone to have when they're coming into the team? And it ended up not really being about skills. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, those are those are the, you know, the ones that I remember. Um <laughs> There was one comment that someone wrote on one of the original posts where they asked for reading resources. And that made me really think because I, oh, I had yeah. stopped. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I think maybe we should share like a reading list or something. Um, but I, I think what it, it showed me too was that there wasn't a ton of content around this topic, right? And so mm -hmm. a lot of the lessons that were being shared in the episodes and also the things that you and I were talking about um, you know, before we started recording and even after we were recording the episodes, um, these are things that came from personal experience. There were observations, right? Um, and uh, yeah, there are books that, you know, have some of these topics, but the fact is that a lot of people don't know exactly, you know, yeah. um, what these books are, how to apply this stuff um, in practice, right? Um, so yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. What about yeah, you? I'm 
for for me, you know, this is a a, a pilot season, so we very much learn as we go, uh, as we went, um, and we got some positive feedback that I really appreciated it. But at the same time, you know, we we're still trying to figure out how we could do a better job. Um, you know, uh, a little bit of self doubt that creeped in for me. I think after episode number five. I started to wonder, like, hey, are people getting bored of this? Right? We're talking about essentially the the, the same topic over and over again. Um, but luckily, when episode six came out, uh, there was somebody commenting, uh, I think, on on ABB's LinkedIn post that was promoting the episode, and said, "Oh, such a great conversation! More, please." So that that was like the the tiny bit of validation that that I got and I felt much better after seeing comments like that. Um what is one word that you'd use to describe the season and why? Oof. Can't take my word. I have I I've been thinking about this since last night. I don't night. know what your word is. <laughs> um I actually had two in mind. Uh but yeah, if I have to pick one, I would say eye opening. Um, for me, as a co-host, I learned so much from all of these conversations that we've had with all of our amazing guests, right? Uh, it's, it's such a unique opportunity to be able to ask all the whys and the hows and, you know, see all the work that is, quote unquote, under the hood, right? How these organizational leaders think and take actions to build the best teams. Uh, and that has been a mind-blowing experience for me. Um, and I remember getting so energized whenever we recorded an episode and uh, how the gears in my brain continue to spin, right? After we finish, mm. Yeah. Mm. what is your word? Uh, my word was intriguing. Um, mm. I think similarly, there, there are things I felt like having been a founder that I was aware of or I knew or I experienced, but um, intriguing because there's like all these mutations um, or permutations of the same experience, right? Mm. Um, but seeing how those manifested for individual people, um, how the different dynamics um, from each of the founding teams, um, how those are different. I mean, Chris was talking about, you know, having his team for like 10 years, right? They worked mm. together mm. for 10 years. And then you have people who are like, hey, I, I brought in my co-founder who was a good friend of mine um and you know they've been working together for 13 years right? yeah, um, yeah but there were the the kind of the foundation elements things like culture and values um regardless of how those 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 that early team came in or how they were found how they started working together then those still existed right mm -hmm. and hiring based on mm -hmm. the stories they told right um and so you know jason talked a lot about onboarding mm -hmm. right and um kind of that's concept of like self-serve hiring right and so being a very as a coo and being very methodical um looking deeper in the operations it wasn't just about hey how do we get this person in broad scope you know values things like that but getting into the mechanics of how to really keep this person how to make sure they're going to be successful all right yeah. and so it's like you can tell like oh that's something he really takes pride in right that's yeah, where he really yeah. focuses um yeah and um I think um, the other one that stood out for me was Chris. And he said, trust is about intention. Confidence is about ability, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, redefining and uh, and reframing some of the, the, the terms that we use on a regular basis when we talk about hiring, we talk about teams, 
but putting them in a context that um, is really impactful to the organization and shows, demonstrates why they really matter, right? Um, so I thought that was like really intriguing. Um, I think the first example of that was uh, Kartik's velocity versus speed, uh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, I mean, when he said that, I was like, whoa, right? And it's like, you know, you look at the definition, it's exactly what he what he shared, but putting it in the context of a startup and, you know, in, in some ways a contrarian view of like, hey, you got to move fast, but before you move fast, you got to make sure you're moving in the right direction. Then, mm -hmm. yeah, that was, that was super intriguing. And so these are some of the things that I wrote down and I find myself saying uh, to other people, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I should always say like, and this person said that, da, 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 right? Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Do you have any aha moments that you would like to share uh, with our audience? Um, one, I think this was a big one, it came up in maybe two episodes, how wrongly we have been using reference checks. <laughs> <laughs> like the audacity of us to, to not know how to use reference checks, right? Mm -hmm. The audacity of most people to not how to use reference checks. And so um, Chris brought this up and it's quite comical, right? And he's, he, I think he, he said that if there was, you know, you do a reference check at the end of an interview uh, cycle, yeah. And the only way that person's not getting a job is if they're a criminal, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so what's the point? I thought it was really mm -hmm. funny because it's absolutely true, right? Yeah, and yeah. and Zhang referenced, uh, Min Zhang from Newing, she she talks about reference checks as um, a way to to uncover behaviors, mm -hmm. right? And that being really the, the core part of an interview um, or interview process for someone as a C-level candidate, right? And so... Um, dispelling this idea that interviews are everything. And I think she said kind of like, yeah, interviews don't really mean anything, right? It's the reference yeah. checks and understanding how this person behaves in these contexts. So that was like a big aha moment for me, um, mm -hmm. right? We don't do it in the very beginning. And so it just, mm -hmm. it started making me think, oh, how do we better use reference checks in um, when we're looking at deals? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I also didn't expect reference check to be such a controversial topic uh, in our podcast. Like, I agree with all the things that you've highlighted. Those are also uh, aha moments uh, in from for me personally. Um, but if I also have to pull up uh, and talk about one key takeaway and going back to the topic of your first three hires, right? Uh, it's actually this, this whole season gave me an idea of what the value of good first hires should be right when when we look back at all the sharings from our from our guests uh i paid very close attention to us to um how they describe what these people these people have done how they have evolved in the organizations and what they are appreciated for the most right and i noticed if they stay around, their roles and responsibilities would develop very significantly over time, way beyond what the original job descriptions were, right? And in line with that, what the founders and executives appreciate the most about them is often not what they do on the technical side of the job, even though they might be brilliant at these things, mm -hmm. right? So the more tangible, the more intangible contributions are what the founders um, highlighted the most, how they helped the uh, to build the, the foundations for the companies, how they contributed to defining 
the DNAs of, of the organization, um, how these first few hires recognize the blind spots that their founders or executives might have and challenge them to be better leaders, mm. uh, how they've adapted very quickly, they grew as the business grew, and they rolled up their sleeves to do more than they originally signed up for, right? So I look at it this way, like, the biggest values that great first hires give to a startup are very often not the things that are listed in the JDs. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Something I'll also add to that is... Um, I was quite surprised by um, their openness to, mm. a, you know, re-examine some of these these thoughts, these assumptions, um, be introspective, and make adjustments. Right, being someone who is inquisitive, um, open mm. to new ideas, open to learning from the live experience that you're, you're yeah. having, not reflecting five years down the road. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think regardless of uh, past experience as a founder, regardless of um, years of age, um, I think everyone uh, kind of demonstrated that quality. So I was quite surprised by that. One thing is I remember we were trying to steer away, later on we were trying to steer away from some of the culture conversation, but it always came up, right? It always yeah, came yeah. up. Uh, but it, I, th I think the reflection on it is like really, really powerful. Um, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, thinking like moving forward a little bit, besides just standing out with something that, you know, we've you've taken and applied um, to the way you work, um, the way you think about uh, people management or hiring. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, a lot, actually. Um, so uh, from from Christopher, automatic, uh, when we were talking about onboarding a new hire, uh, he mentioned that he would give the new hire a project and ask them to present to the broader team about the impact they've made on that project within the first two months, I believe. Um, I actually shared that idea with our team uh, and I believe we're applying that for our new hires right now, right? And then something else that I also wanna highlight is uh, actually something that did not make the final cut. And so this is when Jason mentioned that at virtual internships, they develop uh, work with me guides uh, to distribute to new hires. So for example, Jason has one about working with him and he would give that to somebody who would join and work with him directly so they can navigate that relationship. Um, I actually asked him to share the guy with us uh, afterwards because I was so curious and I took a look and it's super detailed, right? Mm. What he's good at, what he's not good at, what type of manager he is, what influences him how to give him feedback and, and so on. And it's not just simple descriptions either, right? I am this type of manager, right? There are actually rationales and examples to help people really contextualize all this intel that they receive, right? And I love it so much. Mm. Uh, so yeah. And then uh, final thing, I know that this is getting long, but um, something that I would love to also share, and this is for me like a personal leadership mindset thing more than mm -hmm. anything. And that was uh, Ming Zhang talking about how she believed people should think about onboarding as part of the hiring process, right? That was mine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. So yeah, I, I won't get in too much into that. But yeah, for me, I had never thought about it that way. Uh, I always thought of them separately. It was hiring and then there's onboarding, right? Um, so that kind of framing really made me think differently about how we make the best decisions uh, 
for the organization on people, right? And and of course we should always think, hey, what happened? What went wrong? Uh, what could we what could we have done more if somebody failed uh, onboarding or probation? But at the same time, being able to see that as a way for us to gather additional data point, uh, data points, and and make a better decision on hiring, uh, I think it's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Um... Ditto on onboarding as part of the hiring process. I think both uh, Min Zhang from Newing and uh, Jason from uh, Virtual Internships um, talked about this, right? And um, yeah, it's it forced reflection for me. Like I, you know, I always know that like yeah, onboarding is important, but to uh, contextualize it as a part of the hiring process means that even after we give that offer. Um, that the job isn't done, right? This person's not actually hired, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. hiring, um, and I think this kind of emphasized from a lot of episodes, it's not about just giving this person an offer and saying they're part of the team. It's this complete um, psychological buy-in to joining the company, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, think we think back to. Esther from Pops Worldwide, and she talks about people that have been working with her for 14 years, right? Yeah. And in a market that moves this quickly, and you know, there's always new opportunities, there's always someone knocking your door and saying, hey, join this company or start this with me. To keep someone for 14 years as a startup is amazing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so there that that says that there there's this real psychological buy in and when you you're you know when you're a startup there's not much that you have you, don't, you can't say oh this is the amazing product and all the traction that we have right <laughs> so um onboarding at an early early stage is is so critical right so uh buying into um the impact um that the solution's having, buying into even that this problem is something worth solving, right? And I mm. think Chris from iAtomatic talked about that, right? Aligning yeah. on purpose and um, regardless of what skills somebody has, right? You know, technical skills. And it doesn't matter as much as buying into like, hey, this is a problem that we should be solving and this is the real world impact that this can have. Yeah, 100%. You know, actually um, talking about onboarding, I think we started out with designing an onboarding process for our team, for new hires. We have this, this, this uh, jam session to really get on the same page about what's happening next and how we can work together. So yeah, the, the possibility of application, just mm. you know, from all of these learnings is really endless. Uh, and so my next question uh, for, for the two of us is, yeah, we had a lot of good stuff. We, we we cover a lot of grounds, but I'm sure there are things that we would have loved to hear more about, right? Mm. For you, what are those th those things? Um, so two things. Um, I think one of them is just managing people, right? Mm. Um, managing people would involve things like conflict resolution. Ooh. That comes up sometimes <laughs> when we talk to founders, right? And it's like, yeah, it's not yeah. to say, hey, you know, my team members don't like each other, but hey, there's some tension in the office, right? Because person A wants to do this and go about it this way. And person B, you know, doesn't agree with that, right? Mm -hmm. And they're both important people on our team. You know, they're, they're great contributors to the organization. So how yeah. do you resolve that, right? So 
um, especially from some of the larger organizations, I would have loved to talk more about um, how to manage people, um, resolve conflict, how to define your own management and leadership style, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it was apparent that every single person, every single guest, um, well, starting with you know Kartik all the way to, through uh, Minzang has their own uh, management style, leadership style. But uh, getting into, you know, why that is the case and, you know, how that's evolved, I think would have been really, really interesting. Um, One thing, another thing that comes up, um, you know, in my conversations with with founders, um, especially after they've raised their first uh, two rounds or something and their team starts growing is, you know, getting into performance. Like, how do you, what are the right ways to to measure performance? And um you know, performance, measuring performance can be something, it's, it can be really scary, right? It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. we're doing this experimental thing and like, hey, if it fails, then like, I might not perform here or not, right? But being able to measure performance in a really fair way um, that's reflective of the objectives of the organization, but also truly helps, um, you know, team members and these critical hires succeed, right? And yeah, be able yeah. to do it with, with uh, proficiency, right? Um, with empathy as well, and make sure that it's a productive tool for the organization. Absolutely uh, agree with you. Uh, I would love to be able to dive into more of the long-term people stuff, right? Uh, Communication rituals, Mm. goal settings, career development, all the things that you have to do to keep people around, make sure that they thrive in your organization. So, this is a good segue to the next question then. What is next for AVV Founders and Friends podcast? What's next? <laughs> um, one of the the things um, that I, you know, realizing more and more, um, kind of being in the, in, the, in the VC industry and working with a variety of different companies and, and founders is that people still a really big topic, right? And I do think that there's so much more to cover around people mm-hmm. and not necessarily just like, hey, your first hires and stuff like that, but yeah, talking about performance, talking about OKRs, right? Um, and how do you how do you really uh, set goals and things like that, right? Um, yeah. Also around um, just the evolution of the individual that is the founder, right? So mm-hmm. getting into mm-hmm. things like executive coaching, right? Ooh. So the lessons that people learn through that or, um, the experiences that executive coaches have working with founders, why it's really helpful. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And yeah, we I, I actually would love to hear what our audience uh, think is the most relevant to them and what they would love to hear from, from us and from the podcast. Um, so yeah, if you have any ideas, if there is any, any topic that really resonates with you, do let us know. Um, Adrian, maybe you can talk about how they can reach out to us. Yeah, um, for any ideas, um, if you'd like to be a guest, right, you'd like to work with us on something like this, then please send us an email at hote at avv.co. So H-A-U um, at avv.co um, or and Adrian at avv.co. That's A-D-R-I-A-N at avv.co. Now, one thing I'll add um Something that I'm really, I'm curious and I'm excited to maybe do is um, just like go through pitch decks live, Ooh. right? <laughs> because 
I think, you know, founders always want to know how VCs look at their decks, how they review it and what they think, right? And there's a lot of things that come up in these discussions. And as we review decks, we get comments from our team and it could be about market size, it could be about founder market fit, it could be problem solution fit, right? I think being able to do that live for, you know, a few people and gives them some insight and better helps them to be able to be able to create uh, their deck. So that's something I think would be really interesting. Yeah, that that topic of fundraising narratives, it's, it's something that we also spend a lot of time working with our portfolio companies uh, on. And especially, I think, in the current uh, funding landscape, when things are a little tougher, right? It's not as easy to raise money. Um, uh, anymore, then the importance of being able to tell a compelling story that would attract the right investors for you is there, right? And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that, I, I'd love to talk about that too. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think anything else? Anything else you want to cover? No, I think that's it. That's it. That is a wrap for <laughs> AVB Founders and Friends podcast season one. It's yeah. been a fun and super rewarding. Uh, and we, even though we did all of the recordings online via Zoom, it felt very much like we were sitting across from our guests and chatting over coffee. So, uh, and, and also, as I mentioned, we had a lot of good laughs. Uh, and mm. I really hope that our audience feels that energy. Absolutely. Thank you to all of the guests, um, all the listeners, and especially thanks to you, Hope, for being a, a great host and partner in this journey. Um, and yeah, looking forward to the next episodes for AVV Founders and Friends podcast. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you again soon.